here we are, back from the ashes of a uh, glorious cold that I just got over over the last few days. Uh, this is the Life in the Clouds podcast with your hosts, Carlton and Deidre. Hey there. So glad to be back in the swing of things. Uh, hopefully my voice doesn't sound too weird. Like I said, I've been sick for the last, I don't know, seems like a year. Long time. It's been a very long time. So, yep. um, but here we are back to talk about some things. So what's new with you, Deidre? Well, you've been sick and I think that's about it. I'm, I can't really think of anything other than you've been sick. I think you were sick. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, we had we did have that's not true. So Thanksgiving was actually really good. We had a nice, you know, low key time with the family, a little bit of time to rest, and I went out and did a little bit of Black Friday shopping with the girls. It wasn't too crazy. It was just enough crazy for us to be out there for a short time and come right back. So that was nice. And I think that's about it. Then you were sick. Did I mention that? I'm not sure. You okay. might want to tell everybody I've been sick. No. Okay. But I'm very glad that you're starting to feel better. Uh, yeah, me too. And school's almost over, so that's what's new with oh, me. Oh, yeah. I have only a few more days left. So exciting. And a few more days left to get my final paper done for my uh, practical like, practical course. Yes. So, yay. 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 Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Come but on, anyway. let's get some balloons and confetti. Yeah, 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 whatever. Yes! But that's not why we're here. We're not here to talk about my <laughs> stress of finishing up a paper that's already 30 pages long. Um, it's what? It's 30 pages long. How did it get to be 30 pages long? Week by week. <laughs> well, week, you enjoy that. Week by week. Excellent work. All right, so... We're talking marriage again this week, as we always do, and one of the things that we've been trying to uh, handle, especially with myself having been sick, um, the challenge that you have is finding simple ways to just kind of continue to enhance and grow your marriage, even when adversity strikes and time is short, and so we... It, we ran into a bit of a a bit of a headache or a roadblock between the two of us because we have very different ways of approaching <laughs> trying to come up with simple ways. Why are you laughing? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not I sure why you're think laughing. That's right a very, now. Uh, you know, very PC, very, very soft, like squishy soft, way. Soft, small <laughs> de- description of how different. Our approaches. I think that's funny. Yeah, we have very different approaches to the way that we do things. So we're going to take a look at to just just the differences in that approach. <laughs> so Deidre, Deidre has a very um, tangible way of enhancing yeah. our marriage that she's going to tell us about. Exactly. So I was at the store and I looked at the book kiosk thing that was there. And what did they have? It was a little card deck of 88 great conversation starters for husbands and wives. And I thought, hmm, what a great way to enhance our relationship. Because it literally says on the back, enhance your relationship with your spouse with these 88 conversation starters for couples. A great resource to create intimacy and build a strong marriage. So I thought, hey, why not? We'll get some cards. 88 questions. Like, you know, we can't run out of things to talk about with 88 
different things to talk about. <laughs> and it's funny because, so this has created a little bit of an inside joke. So as I got into the cards and we're going through and I just did a sample of just probably 10 or 12. And I totally was just flipping through them very quickly. And Carlton says, well, what are they? I was like, this is just not quite what I thought about. <laughs> when I was thinking of like conversation starters, because some of the questions are just honestly, they're cheesy. They're a little cheesy. So I'm not going to tell you the cheesy ones. I picked a couple that are actually, I think, on the less cheesy side and much more applicable to our relationship. But it doesn't matter because we're looking for ways, right? So we've created a little comic relief with these 88 great conversation starters. Always we can laugh about, right? That's right, because they're great. <laughs> they're really, really great. Great in capital letters. Great. They're all great. Each, each and every one of those cards was great. But it doesn't matter. We can find a few, and, you know, that'll be something that we can talk about. So would you like me to start with one of the questions? Sure. Wonderful. You're not funny. All right. So Let's, let's have let's a great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a starter. We don't have to end here. We just start here. You know, we're not confined to just this question. It's okay to, you know, branch off and go down the rabbit trails. Of all, all I know is I'm ready. You're I, ready? I, I'm, okay. I, my body is ready. This... It says, how do you think technology is making our lives easier or harder? And how do you think technology affects our family life? Sir? Well, no, ladies first, always. <laughs> I think it's making our lives harder because there are so many more inputs and things to keep up with. And in the era of Everything has to be a smart device and an app and this and that and that and this. And now you can get a special device to connect all your things to make it more interconnected. It's just very, it's over. It could be, to me, it's just overwhelming. It makes it harder to keep up with all these different things, right? And then as far as it affecting our family life, I think it just changes the dynamic of how we interact. In certain instances, it's great. Because if the kids are late or we're running late or if something happens between pickup, drop off, etc., you know, we'll know what's going on. But at the same time, it's something else I got to keep up with to keep up with screen time and <laughs> this time. And then if something happens, it's just this isn't working or I want to get all these other extra things in this app and on and on and on. So it just creates a whole nother realm to deal with. That hurts my brain, quite frankly. Okay. So and then, oh, I'm sorry, as far as family life, mm -hmm. like setting the expectation of no screens at the table when we're all sitting down to have dinner or, you know, just hanging out, just doing nothing. It's like, don't touch your phone. Like, don't, you don't need your phone. We don't have to walk around the house to go get something from the refrigerator and have the screen in our face. We don't need to do that. That's true. We don't need <laughs> to do those things. Stop. It you're, doesn't. You're it's absolutely to right. me that make it that is you're an right. unnecessary aspect of our family life. But does everything have to be defined by a need? So you're right. I don't need to have my phone when I walk to the refrigerator. But that's a very deep might, philosophical I might question want to have that phone in my hand as I go to the refrigerator for a variety of reasons. I mean, honestly, for a simple one, I might be walking to the refrigerator. You're all the way back here in the back 
and you decide that you want something from the refrigerator as well. So since you're not going to shout because you don't want to wake the baby up who's asleep, you could message me and say, hey, bring me uh, a glass of water or some of those grapes out of the fridge when you come back. Now, if I didn't have my phone in that moment, when I walk all the way back to the room and then you go, hey, did you grab any grapes? And then I look at you askance because I'm like, well, but I'm all the way back here now. Now I have to walk all the way back out front because I love you. I'll do it. But I might be slightly annoyed because I've already made that trek out and back. I understand your point. That's all I'll say. (laughs) I think there's there are aspects of our lives where technology has made things easier. Mm -hmm. And there's aspects that make it more difficult. I agree. Right? So th- so in your scenario is there a reason why sure but just watching your shows or your YouTube videos up and down the stairs because you can't like you don't need to do that. Every move you make in the house you don't need a screen in your face. You need to pay attention to what's actually happening. So I do the callback references to the old school movie Wall E. Come on now. <laughs> don't you remember Wall E? Yes. See, the people in the thing, they weren't paying attention to what was going on. And they're sitting in chairs and they're sipping on their milkshakes and they have the screen in their face all the time. No need to walk. Yeah, but we're walking. The point is (laughs) (laughs) that we're headed down that road. And I don't like it. Okay. I just don't like it. Well, you know me. I believe in living in the future. So I'm always going to be the counterpoint on this one. Because... I feel as though technology is a net positive and not a, and not a negative. Like I'm all, you're never going to be able to convince me that it's a negative. That doesn't mean that there uh, are negative okay. aspects. I would agree with you on that. Right. But I think the interesting thing for me is that I feel as though technology actually exposes us more than it hides us. Right. So if you're talking about things being a positive, I think one of the positive things for me is being able to see the the way that people who would not normally say certain things in a face to face interaction when behind the screen get that Internet anonymity confidence. And they'll just say whatever they want out of their, you know, from their device or from their Facebook wall or their Twitter feed or even in an email to somebody. And you'll say things that you would never say out loud to someone's face and you're exposing yourself. And that's been helpful to me because it's allowed me to understand things that I would never understand face to face. Because that person would never say those things to me face to face. But they'll insinuate those things out loud in kind of an ambient way in, on Facebook or, or on Twitter mm-hmm. or elsewhere. So for me, it's a net positive. Because what it allows me to do is to say to that person, hey, hi, I'm here. Remember me? So in the thing that you're saying right now, you haven't really thought about an actual person. But in the context of a family, is that good? 
Yes. I don't think that that's necessarily good. Why isn't it good? Because in the context of a family, you're not comfortable. If you're not comfortable with your family and having a face to face conversation, but as a parent, then your family is not really aware of what's going on. But as a parent, I'm able to see things and address them. What do you mean? So if one of our children says something in social media, they might not say that to me individually, but they'll say something in social media or they'll comment somewhere in social media. That gives me a window to be able to see what's going on on the inside. And so now I'm able to address that particular thing and say, hey, that's weird because I didn't think that we, I didn't think you felt that way, or I didn't think that we had had this conversation before, or that the situation well, that you're describing sure, out, you know, into the world mm-hmm. didn't really go the way that you just described it. So let's talk mm-hmm. about how you perceived what happened. Right. So that we can make sure we're all on the same page. Yeah. So. That's like fair. I said, I think it's I, I consider technology to be a net positive. It's always a net positive. And one of the things that one of the reasons why I have to think that way is because it doesn't go away. Like you cannot remove technology. Luddite doesn't exist. Right? Unfortunately. It's, unfortunately is, is your <laughs> term. I wouldn't say that. It doesn't exist and so I don't I don't worry about trying to figure out, okay, how do I stem the tide? Sure. Hold it all back. Yeah. Like I don't have to do that. How do I ride the wave? That's a good point. Yeah. You continue to be the pioneer in that area. Whatever. Yes. I need your expertise there. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's another question. This is what is a new hobby or activity that we could do together? What would it take to get started? I'm asking you. Podcasting. A new. <laughs> that's cheating. So Well, it is cheating. <laughs> however. I think that's cheating. No. However, I think that that's a good thing because this is an exact illustration of what's happening right now on this podcast. <laughs> because this is not something that we ever said that we would actually do. No. Correct. We hinted at it. We kind of toyed around with the idea. That's but now point. we're doing it. And we've done. You know, it says, what are some of the steps we can take to doing that? Yeah, what would it take to get started? You know, having this instead of some, you know, computer rig or some, you know, big mixer board. Or we tried to remove as many obstacles, you know, keep the microphones nearby. Right. Like all the stuff is right here. So those are the steps that Mm -hmm. we've taken to take on that new hobby. Okay. I guess that's fair. I was thinking of a new, new hobby. But this, I didn't think about this being a new hobby. Please. Very good point. What is a new hobby? Yoga. Remember, you said we you wanted to, that we should go try and do yoga. So you're saying, taking up something that we did in the past and doing it again now is new. We didn't do yoga together. A new hobby or activity we could do together at the same time together. Oh, okay. Because we didn't do that thing at the same time. Yoga mm, together I in see. the same class. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Why? You that was your idea. That was more of a joke than anything <laughs> else. <laughs> I got excited. You, you got excited playing? about yoga? Yeah. You mm. were joking? Okay. All right. Okay, well. We can talk about it. 
All right, I guess we'll talk about find it. Find a yoga, find find a no. yoga place. Well, it was your idea, so I was waiting on you to find oh, you it. You were waiting on me. <laughs> ah, I see, I see. So that's a good segue. So that's a good segue into my. I'm waiting um, on you. <laughs> so that's a really good segue into my idea or the thing that I found on enhancing. Uh-huh. So what I tend to do is use the. I use my technology <laughs> to figure things out, right? So. I have a huge library of books downstairs in our house that my wife has slowly been trying to get me to get rid of. Um, yeah, but absolutely. Through that library are several books on marriage, and one of the books that we have down there um, comes from uh, Dr. Gottman, and Gottman, the Gottman Institute, is a research-based uh, approach to relationships, and their website is Gottman.com, and. I found a uh, particular article from Dr. Gottman, John Gottman from November that is entitled The Top Seven Ways to Improve Your Marriage. Oh, look at that. So using the search engine and taking the really? term. Really? That's yeah, what we're doing? Yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> um, found these top seven ways to improve our marriage. And so we were just talking about uh, doing something different and creating a new hobby. And Deidre wants me to figure it out. That leads us into the number one first thing that you can do to improve okay. your marriage what is it seek help early oh <laughs> very good point it says average couples wait six years before seeking help for six relationships years seeking help for relationship problems and keep in mind half of all marriages that end do so in the first seven years this means the average couple lives with unhappiness for far too long if you feel there's any sign of trouble in your marriage early on seek help Six whole years. Six years wow. on average. And That's they've been time. doing this type of sure. research for decades now yeah. at this point. And I think that is such an important point is don't wait until things are falling apart to, to seek help from someone else. A lot of times I think we we tend to try and solve our own problems. And we don't want anyone to know what's going on inside of our own homes. We don't want anyone to know that we're suffering or we're trying to maintain some image that, you know, we're this perfect couple or our relationship is this or whatever. Whatever it is that might be getting in the way of you being able to. Whatever is getting in the way of you being able to. Um, solve your issues mm. you need to reach out to somebody get some help I think another aspect of it though is minimizing issues that you kind of just tend to minimize whether or not an issue is important or not so you kind of blow off well that's not that big of a deal and then the next thing come up well that's not that big of a deal and then you do it so often and then you find yourself however many years down the road and you realize that you've accumulated a lot of different, you know, hurts, pains, bitterness, etc. that, you know, originally started out as something very small, but you can accumulate, you know, I imagine, you know, the rocket, you know, getting a little pebble in your shoe. You accumulate enough little small pebbles in your shoe. You can't put that shoe on. 
<laughs> it's painful, right? You yeah. right? So yeah. it's it's minimizing and saying, "Oh, it's not that big of a deal. I can handle it. I'll deal with it." Or you know, compared to such and such so and so, it's it's not that big of a deal. And so I think you know, just putting things off, procrastinating and minimizing over time and then you realize that you really have ended up in a place that is not happy, it's not fulfilling and the relationship isn't working. Because you've dismissed so many different things and not addressed what needs to be addressed. And then, you know, other things come into play that, um, and I, I don't, sometimes I think it's in, intentional that people would, you know, try and protect and maintain an image. But I honestly just think it's just predominantly minimizing and procrastinating dealing with what needs to be dealt with. Here's another one. Have high standards. Oh my. Now this one's oh a little really? bit. Oh really? This one's a little bit. Um, what I would consider. Uh, it almost sounds counterintuitive, because you always hear that you should kind of lower the bar a little bit, kind of accept what is happening to try and ease, smooth the path. Okay. A little bit, um, you know, to, to keep things going, kind of yeah, go or with reset the flow, your expectations. Right? Yeah. Yeah, reset your expectations. But it says here, happy couples have high standards for each other. The most successful couples are those who, even as newlyweds, refuse to accept hurtful behavior from one another. Mm, yeah. Low levels of tolerance for bad behavior in the beginning of a relationship equals a happier couple down the road. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's true. I think that is a very um, important thing to think about because Correct. if you set the expectation early, and we kind of talked about this this week in one of our conversations, if you set your expectations early on in your relationship, you don't have to then reset Correct. expectations later. Mm-hmm. Kind of like our, our pastor when he was counseling us said, don't set up. Uh, what? How did he put it? Don't do something before you're married that you are mm-hmm. not planning to sustain after you're married. Correct. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and so the same thing goes. Right. Don't set. Don't make allowances for bad behavior. Sure. Before you're married or early on in your marriage, that mm-hmm. you then after you're married, now you want to say, well, you know, I really, really don't like that. Sure. When you do that thing, mm-hmm. you might as well just go ahead and make and set that expectation right up, right up front. So that Mm -hmm. your spouse can make, you know, has to then say, am I going to, am I really, you know, am I really doing this? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, a good point about in your relationship before you get married (laughs) is making sure that those relationship, I hate to call them rules, but relationship rules and expectations and ideas about behavior that's acceptable or that's not acceptable really taking the time to lay that foundation as opposed to getting more wrapped up in the emotion and excitement of having a boyfriend or having a fiance and starting to plan the wedding there's all kinds of things that you've got to allow yourself to take a step back and listen to people who are old (laughs) in your mind that um would tell you to do these things to set those expectations to 
lay down those relationship rules and to make sure that everybody's on the same page. It's I've as I told um I think our goddaughter before she got married, there's no rush for you to get married. Like you want to get married, you guys have been together for a long time and that's that is wonderful. However, <laughs> you're not married yet. <laughs> you got to take a step back. Like is the relationship really working? What are the rules? Like what are y'all's expectations? How are y'all going to treat each other? What's the conflict resolution? What's, you know, I just asked her just different things that we've talked about that you have to challenge yourself when you're a single person or while you're dating or courting or whatever you want to call it, right? You need to really think about and address those things. But that takes a mind that is focused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And on that early a relationship mind uh, is not focused uh, on a lot of those things. Exactly. Exactly. You're full of the oh, he's so handsome. Exactly. Exactly. She's so pretty. Exactly. She smells nice. That's true. But once you you know that after you've been through relationships that don't work, I think you get to the point <laughs> where it's like you know what, um, I'm not gonna quite get carried away here just yet. So, you know, I think for us, one of the early relationship rules, and and it's been such a long time that I don't remember exactly the, the circumstances around it, but for whatever reason, I was yelling, and I don't know if we, I don't know what the situation was, and I'm trying to get you to think about it. I am. But. Keep talking. <laughs> I, I was I was ma- I was yelling or we were talking about somebody who was yelling. I can't remember. But you were very clearly and calmly articulated to me that you are not going to yell at me ever. You're not going to raise your voice in an angry tone at me. Therefore, I am not to raise my voice in an angry tone back at you. And I and I remember being probably I think taken aback just kind of like what is he like what is going on like what is that not really understanding but you know as I think back on it now I can remember thinking as a second thought like okay I mean that makes sense like I can be assured that Carlton's not gonna yell at me I don't have to be like worried like you know I make a mistake or I get mad or whatever as long as I remain calm (laughs) he will remain calm and that keeps things calm I mean, that seemed reasonable. Like, okay, I can do that, right? Now, I can't tell you that that was always, has always been easy um, at all. But I think, you know, at this point, we're probably too tired and old to um <laughs> be yelling at each other because <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's way too much, it's too much energy. But no, I honestly do remember that, you, you telling me that. And, um, you know, respecting the fact that you were upfront and honest about, mm-hmm. like, don't yell at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do so you remember? I don't remember the circumstance. I don't remember I don't the remember specifics of it, but I do, do remember, remember. I do remember okay. that conversation. Gotcha. And I know specifically why I would say that. Sure. I know why you would now, too. However, yeah. you know, at the time <laughs> it didn't, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's interesting because that leads into one of the other items on the list, right? Okay. So number th- number three on the list here says, soften your startup. Mm. Arguments often start up, in quotes, because one partner escalates the conflict by making a critical or contemptuous remark. I'd also add in here, 
escalating vocally. Sure. Right. So yelling, being getting louder. Sure. Uh, bringing up problems gently, quietly, softly, and without blame works much better and allows couples to calmly engage in conflict. Mm-hmm. And I would add a, a caveat or a disclaimer on the softly and the gently, right? Because that looks different for everybody. We are not saying <laughs> that every wife should be, you know, whispering and talking calmly and, and whatever, you know, whatever image comes in your head when you hear, you know, be soft and and calm, right? That looks different for every couple. So there is no cookie cutter example of what that looks like. You know, you wives out there, <laughs> how to speak in a way that is calm and not escalating. So whatever that is for you, that's what we're talking about. Right. Right. Because it's not going to be the same as me. It won't be the same as your sister or your friend or, or whatever. So I just want to make sure that we don't get into this. Right. Oh, just be very soft and gentle. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. This we're is not saying that. No, no, no. Whatever this is it is definitely for you. Not being, this is not the you must be submissive. Exactly. And let your don't hope, go there. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, whatever the soft, calm manner is for you, that's what we're talking about. And if you don't know what it is, I would encourage you to find out what it is. <laughs> You know, get to a spot, figure out how to be calm and um, just bring the venom down, mm-hmm. which is very difficult yeah. when you're mad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Huh, well, so, okay. So bringing the venom down. Sure. Number two, edit yourself. The happiest couples avoid saying every critical thought when discussing touchy topics. And they find ways to express their needs and concerns respectfully without criticizing or blaming their partner. Mm-hmm. Having a inner critic is very important for relationships. Now, in November, I banished my inner critic in order to finish my uh, NaNoWriMo novels, right? So I throw out that inner critic in my writing, but that doesn't mean that in my relationships, the inner critic shouldn't be there to help me because not every thought that enters into my mind should come out of my mouth. It shouldn't? It shouldn't. No. Yeah. Shocked. But that's one of those things that you learn over time. It's not something that you're born with. That is correct. So then I know my answer and I'm I'm, and I know your answer about do not let the sun go down on your (laughs) ring. What do you have to say about that? So I've learned over the years <laughs> that while that's valuable as a standard, you have to also know when you can skirt that because some things will not be solved at the end of the sitcom episode. Yeah, some but do not let your doesn't mean solved necessarily well but even but sometimes the tension has to stay true you're not always going to be able to remove the tension Mm -hmm. right you may be able to remove the you know the animosity Mm -hmm. right yep but you may not you will not always be able to remove the tension and so some nights right it's kind of like the discussion about well 
we had early on about, well, you need to go sleep on the couch. Somebody made the joke about, yeah. well, uh, you're going to have to go sleep on the couch. And I said, no, I'll never sleep <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> I said, I will never sleep on the couch. You can be mad next to me, but I'm not giving up my bed just because we are in a bad mood with each other. You got your side. I got my side. That's true. And we have, and that has never been a situation for us, right? We, Correct. You know, we have gone to bed and not wanted to be in the same nope. room with each other. That is but correct. But those pillows is where we were going to be. That is correct. And I might turn my back to you, and you might turn your back to me. That's true. But by the time we get to the next morning, we're usually looking each other face to face. That is true. That's a good point. And I will honestly tell you that I've, it's been many a night where the sun went down and I was still mad. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, and you were mad. Cause <laughs> and I'm then I'm mad because you're asleep. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm mad. And I know you're mad, but you went to sleep. I understand that that's not fair. So there's been many a year, actually, that I was like, that is not fair. Did you just say many How a year? However, many a year? I have learned Wait how a to minute. sleep. He sleep, I'm sleep. He's not going to be sleeping, I'm not sleep. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I want to, nope. wait, wait. I want to go back to mm-hmm. many a year. Oh, yeah. It took me a long time to figure out how to navigate through being mad and still go to sleep at the same time. Oh, you just mean going to sleep? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm thinking you're saying you, many a year, you were mad. No, 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 oh, no. Oh, okay. I, I just, I'm, no, listen, no, no, I need no. to make That's sure I understand. That's not what I'm saying. I need to make sure I understand. Absolutely. I can't, I can't have, I can't have whole years go by no. and you be mad the whole time. No, that is correct. Okay. Remember, we got to have those high standards. Yes, we do. All right, I'm just going to pick one more okay. and then I'm going to let this article ride on out of here. I'm not sure about... I'm going to pick one that's a little more, a little harder than, than the, because the last one says, the last on ones aren't hard. The, the last, last few ones weren't hard. No, the la- well, I'm just saying the last one says focus on the positives. Okay. I think that is kind of a cheesy kind of cheesy. I, <laughs> I like, I like this one. <laughs> Learn to repair and exit the argument. Happy couples oh, have learned nice. how to exit an argument nice. or how to repair the situation before an argument gets completely out of control. That's a good point. Example of repair attempts using humor. Yeah. Offering a caring remark. I understand that this is hard for you. Mm-hmm. Making it clear you're on common ground. We'll tackle this problem together. Yeah. Backing down. In marriage, as in the martial art Aikido, you often have to yield to win. Mm-hmm. And in general, offering signs of appreciation for your partner and their feelings along the way. If an argument gets too heated, take a 20-minute break and agree to approach the topic again when you're both calm. I will say that we tried that. That wasn't always like taking a break from a disagreement. I don't remember that. And, well, that's kind of the (laughs) point, right, is that that never worked. That That never worked. We tried the, hey – Let's come back to that. Like you, I'm gonna go over here and kind of the take same a deep day breath. Yeah, in the same. Day. Oh yeah, no, that yeah, doesn't that, work. No, that didn't work for us. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's interesting idea. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that that didn't work for us. Yeah, we needed to solve the problem because, and probably because our our apartments were always really small, so well, there wasn't really anywhere to go. There's nowhere to go, especially in the beginning. That is true. In the beginning, we had that apartment, and it was like you were either in the kitchen. Or you were in the bedroom. Like, those are your two choices. That is true. So. That is true. But now we've evolved to, you know what? It's after 9 o'clock. 
Yes. That <laughs> is time to shut this down. Listen, listen. I'm going to tell you guys something right now. That's We're probably done. one of the best rules we ever implemented was the after mm-hmm. 9 o'clock, we cannot it's have late. a serious conversation. It's too late. We can't it's talk too late about to be mad. <laughs> listen, we cannot have a substantive conversation after 9 p.m. You got to go to work, and I got to go to work. <laughs> so We got to go to sleep. I'm not sure if that will work for anybody else out there, but for us, if you Mm-mm. call us at 9 o'clock, uh, yeah. we might be able to give you some substantive uh No, we'll advice. be fine. Yeah, it's, well, no, it's no conflict that's after true. 9 o'clock. We'll be fine. <laughs> We're not having a deep conversation. I'm not. Mm-mm. Oh, my Doesn't goodness. work. Yep. All right. Sounds like we have some wonderful tips. Yeah, I think I think that was a good. Yeah. So are you going to put you'll put the link in the. Yeah, I'll put comments. the link to this in the show notes. I'll also take a picture of 88 great conversation starters and I'll use that as the uh, the the artwork for this week's episode. So is there a way to put in the corner your side eye toward this idiot? I will see starters? if there's a way for me to uh, <laughs> because you have a side eye make right myself uh-huh. making a face <laughs> at the uh, 88 great conversation starters because they're great guys. Seriously, super super great. So, with that having been said, we're gonna close out tonight's. Uh, living in the clouds podcast and i'm just gonna say for you couples out there and to just continue doing the work of enhancing appreciating and um, growing your marriage i know it's hard some days is much harder than others but it's important it's important work You committed to your spouse when you got married, so that means that you're committed to doing the work to keeping the marriage going. That's right. Well, this is Carlton. (laughs) And Deidre. And we still haven't figured out a proper way to close this thing, so I'm just going to say we love you. Good night. Good night.